0: This is
1: Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. Welcome to The Late Late Show, Thursday the 20th of April. With me, Paul, Paul Hazard. On tonight's show, we're going to talk all about shared education. Shared education is specific to Northern Ireland. And we're hoping to have Alastair Hamill an expert practitioner in shared education this on this is show. teachers
0: talk radio very and very you simple. are listening live tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation download the podbean app and search teachers talk radio follow the hashtag tt tune in talk it out with teachers talk radio
1: good evening everybody and he's waiting for something to happen. Let me see if I can get him into the room. And I'm just going to send him another link. You've been listening to on. Teachers
0: Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org.
1: Mm-hmm. We look forward to hearing from you next time. On and I'm a little bit ahead of myself there. I'm playing the end of the show. So Alistair is in touch with me and I can see that he's on now, Alistair are you there? Hello? Oh, he's just disappeared, he was on and now he's disappeared. Okay, let's see if we can get Alistair back again. I can see he's trying here. But tonight uh, we're going to talk about shared education, as I said, specific to Northern Ireland and uh, it was established around about 1980, oh, not even then, about 15 years ago or so, and it's a way of really, ah, what do we see? Oh hello. on a different phone. Hello. Hello, Alistair. Can you hear me now? I can hear you loud and clear, Paul. Ah, great. And you're coming through loud and clear as well. Alistair, delighted to have you on The Late Late Show this Thursday. I've introduced you already as an expert practitioner in (laughs) all sorts of things. Geography, shared education and everything. So Alistair, we're back after Easter. How are you finding it back this week? Oh yes,
2: a little bit of a shock (laughs) to the system. Uh, Yeah, it's lovely to be back of course, but yes, Easter was quite busy, Paul, because uh, as you've already said, I'm a geography teacher and there's this little thing called the Geographical Association Conference that takes place over the Easter holidays yeah. So I had a wee trip over to the mainland as we say came over to Sheffield to join together with I don't know what's the collective noun for geographers so we go with confluence oh confluence a confluence of geographers of that's geography very good. teachers yes yeah uh, where so you just imagine if one geographer is geeky how much geekiness will you have with uh, three or 400 geographers so it was exhausting and invigorating and inspiring um, and uh, a great way to spend my holidays
1: that's what teachers do isn't it yes exactly. we do we just find professional development and a little bit of fun along with it where and whenever we can so alistair um you are also interested in what we call shared education here in northern ireland tell us a little bit about shared education what is it
2: Yeah, so I thought maybe I would set a little bit of the context, Paul, for shared education and uh, education and the community and society in Northern Ireland in general. One of the things that I did in the Geographical Association Conference was a session with a, a very good friend of mine who teaches in OMA called Andy Funnell. And the title of the presentation was Can I Introduce You to the Elephant in the Room? How you can deal with controversial issues and lessons that we can learn from shared ed in northern ireland and andy had also taught out in the international school in guitar and right. slovakia so yeah. as part of that presentation um and of course being a good geographer we did have to have some statistics in with us. so i i maybe i'll just share a little bit about th- the difference maybe between England, Wales, um, Scotland, and what you'll find in Northern Ireland, and this is some stuff from the recent census. According yeah. to the 2021 census, 87% of people in England and Wales are describing themselves as some version of British. Whether it's British, English, and British or Else, Welsh, English only, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um the situation in Northern Ireland is very different according to the recent census. We have 32% saying British only, we mm-hmm. have 29% defining as Irish only, yeah. and 20% defining as Northern Irish. Mm-hmm. So the first thing to note is <laughs> stating the really obvious. The society in Northern Ireland tends to be a lot more divided than the society that you'll find in the rest of the United Kingdom. And that reflects itself in the schooling situation. Um, We have uh, a few different schooling types in Northern Ireland. There are Catholic schools, uh, which make up around about 42% of the entire population of of young people we have what are called control schools state schools if you like which yeah. are about 47 percent, which would be predominantly no not exclusively protestant and mm-hmm. there is an integrated education sector which is yeah. um bringing together protestant and catholic young people to study and learn in the same school it's a very very powerful uh, way of building peace and reconciliation. i have some good friends who teach in that sector it is undoubtedly yes. the future of northern ireland but at mm-hmm. the moment we have a total of 8.8% of young people in Northern Ireland educated in the integrated sector. So in that context, where most of the young people in Northern Ireland are educated in schools that are predominantly one religion, along comes a thing called shared education. And shared Mm -hmm. education is really an attempt to try in that divided context, to provide opportunities for the young people to meet, to mix, to get to know each other and to learn together. And it focuses really on those opportunities to have things like shared classes where they'll study side by side. Um, But it also very explicitly focuses on the, the whole notion of reconciliation and peace building. Uh, Mm -hmm. particularly in the context of Northern Ireland. I I was thinking recently, and we mentioned this in the Geographical Association Conference, that a few months ago, um, the then uh, English um, Education Secretary, Mm -hmm. uh, Nadeem Sahawi, was, was suggesting that schools should be teaching British values and should be teaching, and he even talked about the benefits of the British Empire and things like that. Um, and you hear that through the lens of the situation in Northern Ireland, and you go, hmm, right.
1: Yes, <laughs> okay. indeed. We, yeah. we
2: have at least two versions of every single event <laughs> that has happened here, at least. Yeah. And the, the whole notion that there's any kind of single narrative that we can coalesce around is just not recognizing the reality of teaching here. Uh, yeah. So what do you do? What, what do you do with that elephant in the room? um i mean do you ignore it do you try and pretend it doesn't exist uh, and I, actually there is a bit of an argument that says that you know maybe the best thing we can do for young people today in northern ireland is not to drag them into the past uh to all of the issues that my generation would have dealt with um yeah. but the reality is they live in communities where these values are reflected so they they do hear these stories and mm-hmm. um, so it's in that context that schools have the opportunity to address them and to address them head on. And that's really what Shared Education tries to do. It's about creating opportunities for contact between the pupils so that they can begin to get to know each other, understand each other, share stories with each other and really break down the stereotypes that might have built up.
1: Yes, yeah. And, Alistair, it's really fair to say then that, you know, it's not that we have three different schools or school systems we probably have two systems but that shared education then is kind of is it fair to say that that is overlays those two systems so you could three systems you could have integrated schools catholic schools and state schools who are all involved in shared education rather than being a separate entity
2: yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it, Paul. Yes, it's it's about yeah.
1: bringing together
2: uh, schools that are uh, have different contexts and providing opportunities to connect.
1: Yes, um, so it's not really a different administration. It's kind of different things that happen, as you say, it's looking at the elephant in the room and maybe much more directly. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's the context and some of the history. Um, what would shared education really hope to achieve?
2: Okay, so that's that's a great question to begin with. I mean, what is the, the future? I, I'm teaching at the moment with my sixth formers, a topic in geography called ethnic diversity. So we're we're actually debating this at length at the moment. You know, And the way that I posed the question to them was this, this very week when this is going out, it's the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, there's been quite a lot of talk in Northern Ireland about that, a lot of events going on and uh, a lot of talk about the extent to which the young people in Northern Ireland fully appreciate what happened. Uh, in those steps and risks and difficult steps towards peace it was very very difficult to deal with some aspects of of the compromise that was needed for that Uh, and Mm -hmm. yet i am delighted to say i'm delighted to say that the northern ireland that the young people are growing up including my own daughters are growing up in is radically different to the one that i did i was a teenager in the 1980s in the middle of the troubles yeah i remember sitting in a geography a-level classroom at one stage listening to something about oxbow lakes when all of a sudden there was a massive blast and explosion and the window shook because a bomb had gone off in the building right next to our school Goodness. Uh, that was a day before social media of course so we kind of looked around at each other and thought oh well it sounded like a bomb and then the teacher yeah. you know couldn't find out so the teacher just says well, okay, back to Oxbow Lakes, I guess. You know, and that was that was the reality, you know, that bizarre experience was normal. Only it really wasn't,
1: but it was the normal experience that I had. But the I experience... agree with you, yes, it was normalized for yes. a lot of us, wasn't That's it? Fine yes worry. and we just got on with things to us we didn't know very much that was uh, very different yeah yeah that's right
2: mm-hmm. so the situation is very different in northern ireland despite the headlines that you might hear mm-hmm. uh, across in the mainland uh, we have progressed our society has moved forward but in many ways we're still trapped with the legacy uh, you know you don't deal with conflict that happened here easily and quickly Northern Ireland is a more segregated society now than it was when the Good Friday Agreement was signed. That's a bizarre statement yeah. to make. Yeah, um, we have largely separate education systems. We have definitely largely separate residential areas that we live in. It's a very, very divided society. So the question that I posed to my sixth formers this week, when we were discussing it, is this: Fast forward thirty years. Okay, so your kids are now going through the schooling system. Your kids are growing up in a Northern Ireland that you hope is going to be more normal even than the one that we are now. What yeah. kind of future do you want? Do you want them to be living in a divided society as much as, as we're divided now or do you want there to be something different and it's a powerful question to ask, you know, so what is it that shared education is trying to do, I would put it like this it's part of a wide range of things that are going on in Northern Ireland here and um, that way way beyond schools. Uh, to try to build peace and reconciliation but i would say this that schools are very much at the heart of that because we have a chance whenever these kids are young and whenever they're reasonably open-minded they are being influenced by the communities they're in they're bringing their own values and ideas and um the things that they think are important and, and that's absolutely fine and um, i think a, a proper pluralist society should tolerate diversity and indifference but we have the chance to Give them a trajectory in life, maybe just kind of nudge them a little bit and um, to send them down that maybe in you know five, six, ten years time, they look back and think, you yeah, know, because of those experiences I've had, it sent me in a different direction. And um, I think we're planting the seeds. I think we're planting the seeds that we'll see ultimately being harvested. You know in the generations to come but it's all about giving those opportunities in the context of the school setting where it's safe and where we have um, the pastoral support to begin to explore these difficult questions
1: yes yeah it's very interesting to hear you say you ask that question about what kind of life do they want their children to lead uh, when i taught um and I was a head of pastoral for years one of the questions I would always ask in pastoral classrooms PSE and in careers is what kind of life do you want to lead what kind of person do you want to be and become it's very interesting to hear you know that that is being asked in other subject areas and um, you mentioned Alistair that you know you want to send them off on a different trajectory in life and um, does that mean that shared education and the things that you do in shared education have little impact now, that they are something of an investment <laughs> for the future rather than effective now?
2: Uh, that's, uh, that's another great question. Okay, so both, both, right. So yeah, the way that yeah. I would phrase it uh, is this: there's uh, somebody that I've worked with in shared education in Lurgan in the town okay. that I work in, in a community centre there who's been a real kind of mentor for me. Um, she'll hate the fact that I'm mentioning her because she, she likes to play the role in the background. But I'm gonna give a, a shout out to Olive Hobson, who said to me before, planted a seed with me that was really significant. She said, "Alice, you you're in a middle leadership position. She said, you, you've got enough of leadership position to, to make some decisions and to be strategic about what you're doing. Uh, but you're close enough to the ground to enact those decisions that you make. You're not so far removed that you're reliant on other people to do them. Yeah. So am I investing in the future? I sincerely hope so. And I know, Paul, your context is shared education. There, there's shared education stories all across Northern Ireland. I think something in the region of 600 schools in Northern yes. Ireland are involved in shared education in some shape or form. Each one of those... Is an investment into the future, and because of the multiplicity of the schools involved, you know the hope is that there's enough of these young people who are having enough of these experience that in the future we will see the, the reward. Yeah. Is that all we're doing? Um, no, I don't think so, because we're back again to this notion of me being connected to my my school, my partner school, and um, St. Ronan's in Lurgan. Um, what i'm trying to do is for the young people who come within my sphere of influence to give them an opportunity for their personal stories to intersect with the personal stories of other young people um and that's where all of us so wise in saying that i'm close enough to actually be involved in the lives of the young people which i think is the great privilege of all of us as, as teachers we 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 have the opportunity to um, influence and the privilege, the incredible privilege to be uh, something of an influence in those young people. Uh, So all of those individual stories uh, are affected, at least potentially affected by the opportunities that they get. Um, And we will, we have a little caller coming, gonna be joining in later um, who's, Going to tell one of those personal stories, and I think it'll probably be a, a, a wonderful answer to the question. Um, it's the individual lives that we're shaping. It's the sphere of influence that we interact with. It's the people that we can affect. We make the change, and we be the change. Where we're situated.
1: Jess is in the background here. I can see she's joined in already, so we'll call her in shortly. Yeah. Um, so. Alistair, that, that's something you know of the history and the context uh, of shared education in Northern Ireland. It's something very much of the the hopes and the aspiration, and, and you know what it kind of uh, would like to achieve in a divided society. Tell me this: how you say there are roughly six hundred schools involved, but there are a lot more schools than that in Northern Ireland and indeed further afield. How does a school get involved? in education how would it set it up how would it manage a project say
2: well our own particular context northern ireland there is legislative support behind that um yeah. so there is funding that comes through our education authority so you've got to apply for that and, and uh, demonstrate that you would meet certain criteria Uh, Although the idea behind this, that we're moving towards a mainstreaming of shared education in Northern Ireland now, initially there was some additional uh, funding from Atlantic Philanthropies, I believe, to try to kind of kickstart and, and get the money in that needed to be there to facilitate it. But there is a hope and a move. Uh, that will move towards mainstreaming of this to try and get uh, as many schools as possible involved and uh, incorporated within it um so if there is anybody listening from northern ireland who teaches in the school who's not yet involved in shared ed and would like to i would absolutely recommend it because the uh, it, it's quite honestly has been one of the highlights of my career
1: oh that's fantastic yes i would wholeheartedly agree yes i taught in northern ireland as well and uh, the schools where I taught were all involved in the shared education programmes and they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um so you must have a dog there, Alistair, yes, do you? Yes. I do. I do. <laughs> He's quite a cross dog, is he? Yeah, well, oh, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So Alistair, people will know the history of People will know the history of Northern Ireland, and um, they know that there are, and you've said already, there are still tensions in Northern Ireland, and particularly at times of, of the year and so on. And really then shared education is about bringing people together, people of different traditions or different faiths, different beliefs, different outlooks, and so on. It's about bringing them together. Surely that's a high risk thing to do. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly yeah. is. I mean, I, maybe I'll, I'll tell you one or two stories about what we've, we've actually done, which will we'll illustrate that. Yeah. Um, I suppose I take the attitude. Uh, uh, yeah, we've had some kickback. Yeah. Uh, we've had some people that haven't been too happy with what we're doing. But I suppose I take the attitude that if you're not annoying anybody, you're probably not doing anything of any significance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never really been one for just a quiet life. We sit back. Um, I think I'm very, very personally invested in this because of my own story growing up and the opportunities that I want to give the young people. Yeah. Um, but it is challenging. So let, let me tell you the story, Paul, of, of one thing that we, we did that will maybe allow you you, us to explore a little bit about how we address this uh, head on. Uh, yeah. As I as mentioned earlier, geography teacher. So one of the things that we like to do as geographers is to explore the concept of place, to mm-hmm. explore the associations that each of us will have with different locations. The town that I live or work in in Lurgan is one of the most divided towns in Northern Ireland. Most towns in Northern Ireland will have Protestants and Catholics living there, but will actually predominantly be one or the other. Lurgan yes. is almost 50-50. On mm-hmm. the face of it, it looks like a quiet little market town, around about you know 25,000 people live in it. If you were to drive through, um, you probably wouldn't notice anything untoward. It's not like Belfast, where you've got these peace walls that are very visible manifestations in the landscape of the division Mm -hmm. that still is there. And yet if you were to ask any young person in Lurgan to take a map of the town and draw Mm -hmm. the line that they don't cross, they would all know exactly where it is. Yes. Uh, They all have a very, very strong mental map of the areas that are areas for them and areas that are areas for the other community. And the problem is that the town is so divided that the young people very rarely get natural chances to meet. So we decided as geographers that what we would do is take these young people on a field trip around the town. Yeah. And uh, we would go in the Protestant areas, we'd go in the Catholic areas, we'd go to each other's schools, we'd go to some middle-class areas, we'd go right into the heart of some of the working-class areas where you will see the paramilitary murals and things like yes. that. We'd go into the chapel, we'd go into the police station in Lurgan, which looks much more like an army base yes. um, to protect it from attack. We were going to take these young people all over the town to areas that they probably hadn't been to before. Yeah. Um. And we, we use this software called um, GIS, Geographic Information System, which is basically digital mapping. So if you ever used Google Maps and you drop a pin on it to show somebody where you're at, it's a similar kind of thing. We're able yeah. to collect the data and it geotagged it and dropped the location. And we basically took them around to these areas that we knew would provoke a reaction in them.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: we simply asked them this question. Yeah. how do you feel we got them mm-hmm. to score it on a scale of one to five and we got them to write some comments about how they would feel about the area yeah um now we made the comments and the invest investigation anonymous to mm-hmm. try to capture the true thoughts and feelings of what they were saying which in many ways is, that is taking a step of of risk because we're putting them in places that are probably going to provoke them in terms of a challenge to their own sense of who they are and identity. And we're giving them an anonymous survey and saying, right, away you go. That's huge risk, yeah. Tell us how you feel. Yeah. Uh, So we traveled around the town and uh, we came back to my school afterwards. And because this is geotagged, we are able to go immediately into the computer suite open up this map, and all these little dots appeared around the map where all the the, uh, pieces of information had been gathered and collected. Mm -hmm. And the pupils were able to go in and immediately begin to see what each other had said. And, of course, what they wanted to do was to go immediately into their area to see how the pupils from the other community felt. (laughs) Of course. So I, I actually have some of the comments queued up here if you'd like to hear them.
1: Absolutely, Astor. Yes, please.
2: Um, again, these are anonymous. Um, so yeah. this is this is from uh, a working class Protestant area. So, if you can picture the scene in front of us, we got the people to take some photographs. So I'm looking at a photograph that one of them took. Of a lot of flags, uh, some paramilitary flags. Um, it's very militaristic. It's the Ulster Volunteer Force. Mm-hmm. Um, it's leaning into kind of a historical World War One memory and things like this. But it's a very, very strong sign that this is a Protestant area. Yeah. So the Protestants, the uh, who were there, um, comments one comment: I feel fine. I'm in my community. I come here often. Another one: I feel very comfortable here. I come here often. As you commitment. would expect, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we get into some of the comments from some of the Catholic young people. Yeah. Um. This is a sixth-form girl who said, the flags are intimidating. I never want to come here. Yeah. I f- another, I feel uncomfortable as I've never been here before and would not like to come again. Gosh. This yeah. one struck me. I didn't actually know this place existed. Goodness. There's a yeah. large number of political murals. Yeah. And the last one, I feel very uncomfortable here because, wait, do you hear this? Everyone is Protestant. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Now, there was exactly the mirror image when we took them to the working class Catholic area. Yeah. So you just imagine as a young person, imagine that that's your area, you feel fine, and you're reading something here from somebody from the other community that says mm. to you, I, I'm actually terrified here. Yeah. So I remember standing behind a couple of the, uh, students from St. Ronan's when they came across one of these and the reaction was, you know, what, why, why did they feel that way? That's where we live. I mean, no, nothing would happen to them. And, and I just was standing beside them and said, you know, that's a really good question. Yes. Why do you think they felt that way? And to see that moment, because we had taken them to each other's areas, because they themselves had stood in the Protestant area and felt something similar, all of a sudden, there was this yeah. moment of empathy when they thought, well, of course, maybe mm-hmm. if they're standing in front of these murals, they would find it intimidating. Yeah. And and I, I just see watching those moments of empathy and of understanding, mm-hmm. um, and simply just by reflecting on something like that, and, and it's risky. I mean, we're saying to these teenagers, there's other teenagers in your town who really feel really intimidated in your area, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You know, but again, I mean, I think it's, 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 that's why we call this in their presentation, The Elephant in the Room. Yeah. This is the reality of how these young people feel. We can mm-hmm. either ignore it and 25 years' time still live in a society as divided as it is now, or we mm-hmm. can take the opportunity in schools, in the safe environment, through shared education, to start to name this elephant, to start mm-hmm. to talk about it, to understand, and to build peace and reconciliation
1: yes goodness Alistair just the description of that is uh, fantastic very high risk and to think that you know Lurgan is everybody's town there except there are self-imposed no-go areas I know no-go areas means something different if you've lived in Northern Ireland for a while but uh, that's amazing one of the things that really strikes me about this is I mean Cross-curricular sounds almost insignificant when you you describe this. This is about human beings. This is about life. And I'm listening to you talk very much about the affective and very much about the feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that seemed to be, you know, a very powerful question when you ask them just a simple question. How do you feel standing in what, you know, wouldn't be a familiar area to them? And as you say, and I think empathy is transformative. Yeah. Um, it really, really allowed those children to empathize in a very practical way. I see Jess is here, so you tell me when it would be a good uh, time maybe to, to invite her in, or if she wants, she can, she can call in. Uh, yeah. And while well, she's it's... maybe thinking about that, would you say, Alistair, then, that um, shared education is effective? Uh,
2: okay, so so let me um, answer that by picking up on one of the words you, you mentioned previously. Shared education is effective. Yes, I'll, I'll come to that in a moment. Shared education is affective. Mm-hmm. It should be something that is more than just giving information. I think that's absolutely key. Um, there's a, a big move in, um, in discussion in, in education circles these days about decolonizing the curriculum, uh, which is a very important and very profound conversation. Uh, I absolutely agree with that, living in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, and I think part of what I've learned through shared education is that uh, part of that journey of making it effective is to make sure that it's affective Gosh, yes. Um, because, um, yes, there is some historical information that these young people need to have. You need to know something about <clears throat> the history of this island of Ireland and the conflicting histories and the stories. That, that's necessary information, but it's not sufficient because what I have found is and I actually lean into psychology for, for this, there's this um, idea in psychology called social identity theory, which is a very powerful theory of identity and I teach this explicitly as part of my ethnic diversity topic as yeah. well because it, it it basically says it breaks it down into three stages. Um, there is initially social uh, categorization. we tend to categorize each other into groups. us's and themans is the phrase we use in Northern Ireland. <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, the next stage then is social identification. We don't just categorize, we begin to identify you're my group and they are the, that other group. Yes. And that's where you start to get into those stereotypes that can build up Mm -hmm. Stereotypes are getting you dangerously close to the the tipping point of negative associations and discrimination. And the third Mm -hmm. stage of social identity theory is social comparison. We start Mm -hmm. to turn this into zero-sum game that um, if you win, I lose... Yeah. And if I win, you lose. And, and I must say, we'll not get into the politics of, of Brexit here, but I did look at how Brexit kind of mirrored that in England, that the social categorisation, identification, and then this comparison, uh, you know, that we have to beat you and you, you um, we just want to try and, and not be defeated by you. Yes. So yeah. to, to bring our young people into the point where they're not just learning about each other, Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of a theoretical thing but they're experiencing that transformative interaction with each other that the affectional part of it is so crucial because it's that that will connect with them and begin to shape their story I think
1: Gosh I think you're absolutely right on that yes yeah very powerful messages it's at this point uh, we need to uh, listen to this week's news Okay, and maybe I'll suggest to
3: you in partnership with Johncat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides, and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out! Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading!
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: During his visit to Northern Ireland, US President Joe Biden suggested in a speech at Ulster University that students are increasingly persuaded to stay at home rather than seek careers abroad. The speech reported in the Belfast Telegraph refers to young people, instead of fleeing for opportunities elsewhere, can see their futures and careers for themselves that speak to unlimited possibilities here. However, the article goes on to feature comments from Anne Watt, director of political research group Pivotal, who says that whilst she welcomed the positive nature of the comments, Northern Ireland still has a long way to go before the battle to keep the most promising students can be won. She went on to say there is evidence in her organisation's research that significant economic migration could be worsening, not improving. The problem of young people leaving Northern Ireland to study elsewhere and not returning has been around for years, and many seem to see the President's words as aspirational rather than accurate. Ms Watts also raised the point that as students leave Northern Ireland, other students from the UK and further afield are not coming in the same numbers. The country therefore cannot retain or regain talent and political instability has not helped matters. In order for Northern Ireland to meet the aspirations raised in Biden's speech, talent needs to stay at home. The Daily Mirror reports on figures released by the Department for Education, which show more than 140,000 school children were severely absent in the summer of 2022. The paper refers to these young people as ghost children, and raises concerns that this pattern is continuing in the current academic year. The Department for Education says the term severely absent refers to children of school age who are not receiving a suitable education either with a teacher or homeschooling. They are usually those with attendance below 50%. The reasons for being away from school include anxiety, mental health, special educational needs and disabilities, but concerns arise around young people who are likely extremely vulnerable. Last year, the Children's Commissioner also released a report focusing on school attendance, but according to DfE figures, attendance to schools across England has largely failed to recover to pre-pandemic levels. Latest figures released by the DfE has persistent absence at 22.4%. These are pupils with below 90% attendance, although this is suggested as being a result of illness towards the end of the autumn term. According to FE Week, the Department for Education has launched a £1 million contract for an organisation to drive new T level employment placements. The documents explain that the DFE is seeking a potential supplier to engage with employers to develop their knowledge and understanding of T levels, as well as helping them to plan and prepare to deliver high quality industry placements. T level courses were first launched in 2020. And feature a mandatory placement with an employer totalling 45 days or 315 hours. There are now 16 T levels available with another two due to launch this September. As the provision of the qualifications has grown so has the need for placements. The DfE has offered financial support to employers offering placements but uptake has not been high as employers cite red tape and cost pressures as reasons the courses are unattractive. Finally, as the row over teacher pay and conditions as well as concern over recruitment continues, the Evening Standard featured a report on Londoners turning their back on teaching and flocking to better paid jobs in the city. A combination of the availability of better paid jobs and the high cost of living in the capital is putting Londoners off teaching, according to school leaders. Whilst a DfE spokesperson spoke about the bursaries and scholarships on offer for those training in key subjects such as maths, physics and computing, many took to social media to highlight the issues facing teachers in the capital, such as the difficulty in buying or renting property when the average teacher salary in inner London is £47,000, but the average property price is over 600,000. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with
4: Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, this week I'm going to talk about hidden spy cameras. Do you know? Who is filming you? Modern cameras can be as small as a pinhead and embedded in things like pens, buttons, and while researching this, I even found one built into the centre of a crosshair screw. Online shopping sites blatantly sell spying devices such as smoke alarms with built in spy cameras. There have been high profile cases in the media of people misusing spy cameras, but as I investigated further, one statistic stood out. 11% of people that use Airbnb reported finding hidden cameras. As I continue to dig around for a UK statistic, the figure dropped to 10%. That's one in 10 people. Now, obviously, this is not solely limited to Airbnb. They just seem to be the company that has the most media coverage. So, for those of you that are concerned, my next investigation was how to detect a hidden camera. Here are the top pieces of advice I've found. You can buy devices that are designed to detect cameras. They start at about £40 and utilize most of the other methods I'm about to talk about. You can buy an app for your phone. If worried, don't buy it before you go. Some apps have a free trial period. Use that to scan the areas you're concerned with. Visual checks. Look for items that seem out of place. A clock pointing at the bed. A random USB dongle in a wall socket. Shine your phone torch at suspected items. Camera lenses will light up helping you identify them. In the dark, a lot of cameras will use infrared to continue to get pictures. This can be seen via your phone camera. Look through your phone around the room in the dark and watch for suspicious dots of light. Please remember, if we turn this statistic around, 9 out of 10 places are not covertly trying to film you, and that statistic was good enough for very popular cat food in the past. As always, if you have a tech question, why not send it to at Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech.
0: Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your Tech Briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: So welcome back to The Little the Show on Thursday the 20th of April with me, Paul Hazard, and Alistair Hamill. So we've been talking about shared education, which is specific to Northern Ireland, and it's a very exciting way of uh, looking at educating uh, young people. Alistair, are you back with us? Yes, I am indeed, Paul. Oh, great, great. So you've told us a lot about the context of uh, shared education, the history and how it's come about. Uh, You've told us about establishing it in schools and setting it up. And you've told us a lot about a super, super project that you did with uh, schools in Lurgan. How did that project end up then?
2: Yeah, so th- th- this is where the, the story can uh, really ripple out. Whenever you, you do something like this, that we, we just thought was um, something for the young people that, that were involved that day, when you asked me earlier on, you know, is, is this all an investment in the future um, or is this just for the young people today? Well, it turns out that the company that had provided that technology to the schools, a company called Esri, uh, got wind of what we had done with their technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this most amazing experience that we were offered. Um, the th- I think that was the January of 2019. So by the July of 2019, they had been so inspired by our story. It's still surreal to say this, Paul, that they had invited three of the students out to San Diego to oh, wow. To the biggest um, GIS conference in the world in the very venue where Comic Con is. Oh, place. yes, of course. So I'm, yeah. I'm unashamedly a, a sci fi geek as well as a geek. geek. <laughs>
4: very
2: good. And they had a chance to tell that story in front of a live audience of 19,000 people. Oh, and my Live goodness. streamed around the world. Right. So when you talk about, you know, is shared education effective? Well, Does it change the lives of the young people involved? Yes, I hope so. And and in a moment, we'll bring in Jess and she'll be able to talk a little bit about that. But the story that they can tell is a story that ripples out and inspires. So I have a a short clip here um, of Queued Up, which I hope will work. I'm just going to bring my mic. Hopefully it will, yes. uh, And we'll just have a listen to um, some of the things that they said. Now, this is them presenting live, Using this technology in the computer's life. So, if any teacher stood in front of a class using tech and felt intimidated, imagine doing it when you're 14 years of age in front of 19,000 people. And this is the story of some of these remarkable young people.
5: Projects like this are a way of breaking down barriers and moving on from our past history of violence in Northern Ireland. This project has been very relevant to me as it's fueled my desire to study international politics and conflict studies at university next year. Spending time with students from surroundings like Ayesha, I have learned that there is more that unites us than divides us. On a snowy morning in January, 45 students from our three schools sat out on a bus journey to visit 15 locations around our town.
3: What we did was use the Survey123 app, which we installed onto our phones. Findings are being used by other people like our local police, our council, and even Queen's University in Belfast. I'm really happy that the people who are making a difference and decisions in my town are using our findings to do just that.
2: Just incredible for them to have that chance to share their story. I I don't know if there are uh, notes that go with these shows afterwards, Paul, but the full video of that is available on YouTube. I'm, I'm very, very happy to share that if you want to hear we will do that yes yeah
1: Yeah. i've seen that whole video and it's very very worthwhile it's a it's a really good watch yeah Mm -hmm. alistair maybe at this point we should bring jess in she's been waiting really patiently i brought her in ages ago and uh, (laughs) then we just kept her (laughs) Uh, there's no green room or anything hello jess are you there
5: hello can you hear me okay oh
1: Coming through loud and clear. Yes. Yes, you are. How are you, Jess?
5: I'm not too bad. Thank you. How are you?
1: Great. Great. We're going well. We got over some technical difficulties, but we're flying now. Jess, what's your experience of shared education then?
5: Yeah, so I left school about um eight years ago now. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I was a bit naive when I was joining up to do critical thinking. Um one, I didn't really grasp what the concept of shared education was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and two, it was an excuse to get out of the PE period that we were <laughs> oh forced dear. to do on a wedding time. <laughs> um, yes, and so it was yes, a bit of. A, I
2: can just tell you it's the same for me, but don't tell anybody that I do you It's a bit that. of a
5: double edged sword. Like there was a lot of benefits, you didn't have to do those last. So I was (laughs) more than willing to sign up for it Um, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was a really brilliant class. It really got, as I say, our brains go and give us a better way to to get thinking about things. Um, I didn't realize at the time how big of an impact it would actually have by spending time with people from other communities. Um, When I think back on it now, it was my first real experience to spend A lot of perhaps like one-on-one time when you were working in class etc with students from another community and and i had come from as Alistair said um, Lurgan is a very divided town i had come from a very protestant unionist background and my family was of that um, background all my friends had come from that background Um, Mm and so it really was a the, the first sort of experience of actually getting to meet somebody from to quote the other side and that like us and them and sort of mentality
1: yeah.
2: um,
5: when I've gone on I actually left Northern Ireland for university I came to Liverpool and Liverpool has a massive um, Irish population yeah. um, and I didn't know how well perhaps that i would maybe fit into that mm-hmm. and it it's become such a, a, a brilliant place Um, the experiences that i had in school getting to meet people from that um more catholic irish background knowing that um they're not different we don't have two heads no nobody's mm-hmm. got an extra limb um, and yeah. you know you, you get taught so much nonsense and not even so much taught it when you're young but it feeds down and you don't know what you don't know Um, and that shared education opportunity was a a brilliant introduction to getting to know something that we didn't know Um, and so much so that it it sort of changed almost the trajectory of my life in that instance. Um, As I mentioned I went to Liverpool for university um, and I studied law and graduated with law. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that and then As previously mentioned, um, Northern Ireland does often have high-rise tensions, particularly at different times of the year, and I believe it was July 2021, we were making headlines for bombing buses, Mm -hmm. and I just thought something somewhere has to change. Um, So it actually sort of lit a fire in my belly. Um, Mm -hmm. I've applied to do my my teaching, and my end goal would be ideally to to come home and actually work in that shared education and integrated education sphere. Um, And I would also be looking ideally to do my my Catholic certificate of education as well, Mm -hmm. because I think that the best thing that we can do um, is to learn more about each other um, and to teach that next generation of pupils respect is the most important thing really than anything else as long as we can respect that difference of opinion and yes. um, we can really move forward and i think um as you've mentioned it, it's been 25 years since the good friday agreement integration was was due to come and um, it has a mm-hmm. long way to go and i think it's by feeding into that next generation of pupils and giving them those opportunities that we will actually be able to do that
4: yeah
1: Gosh, yeah, so you've mentioned an awful lot there, uh, we'll maybe come back to the the critical thinking in a minute. I'm just wondering, you, you got a lot of social confidence, uh, Jess, and you talked a lot about, you know, meeting people from the other side, shall we say. I'm wondering, you know, did you feel that you had to give up anything of yourself in order to meet? people from the other side and be more confident and at ease with them.
5: Um I think I had to be more open minded because mm-hmm. as you've touched on um particularly with the history of of home every story has at least two sides. Yeah. Um and I think with the the troubles and the conflict that happened everybody or not personally, but perhaps in their wider family, has somebody that's been affected in a way. So I think it was really that um, awareness of being open-minded and having that respect for that differing viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that I would have to give up my own viewpoints, but you do understand there is another side to that story.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose it's one of the differences I see, you know, between maybe a uh, Catholic, Protestant and, and perhaps integrated education is that, you know, you can very much retain your own identity in shared education uh, and you meet in some milieu, sphere or whatever. And yet, you know, you can admire, you know, people from other faiths and backgrounds and so on. Yeah, excellent. I'm just wondering because I'm aware we we need to move on a little bit um, and this is maybe back to Alistair. I, I, I used to have uh, a school manager who used to always shout, if you can't measure it, it doesn't count. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yep. he, he, yeah. He didn't really know that I was, uh, uh, you know, very much sold on pastoral and people and all of that. So I'm just wondering, uh, Alistair, is there anything in shared education, which is relatively new, relatively new in Northern Ireland? Is there anything that's measured, evaluated? Are there formal outcomes? Have the inspectorate been involved? Uh, yes, we
2: we've been inspected quite a bit, um, by our our inspectorate here in Northern Ireland, uh, Eti. Um, uh, can can I just say that <laughs> the relationship between our the inspectorate uh, in Northern Ireland and the school seems to be a little bit different than that in in England. <laughs> it feels much mm-hmm. more like a, a partnership. And whenever the inspector came in to to take a look at what we did. They were I here's what I loved about the day they came in. Um they were interested in story as a means of measuring outcome. Yeah. What what we did was I, I and again we can share this afterwards, I I got some uh, pieces to camera from four different students who had been at the school around about the same time as Jess, a year or two um, before, I think, who had also been in that critical thinking class, which was a brilliant context to do shared education because it's just all about sharing ideas and coming mm-hmm. at things from different points of view um and they told their stories they'd like jess had gone on all across the world and were talking about how being involved in shared education in school had prepared them in ways that maybe they didn't even realize at the time for what came later and we got a bunch of the students who were actually experiencing shared ed to come and meet the inspectorate and to be fair to the inspectorate when they're looking at it they were seeing beyond the, the numbers this isn't just about how many students are involved in shared education this yeah. isn't just about producing mm-hmm. pie charts which we have to do sure <laughs> that's fine that's sure. fine I can fill in spreadsheets the mm-hmm. thing that I'm most interested in is story and I'll tell you why because story is what inspires nobody has been inspired to change the world by mm-hmm. a pie chart <laughs> No. and i say that as a geographer i love pie charts yeah. um but what inspires is story and that's why it's, it's so brilliant to have jess here tonight she reached out to me just a couple of years um ago i think it was now jess whenever you you wanted to come back and connect with me again and just update me on that story and listen i'll say to um any of the teachers that are listening in to this uh wh- what how do we measure outcome you know wh- what is the the thing that we've planted in our students? beyond the exam results that we support and help them to achieve um if we're lucky every once in a while a former people like jess will get in touch and say hello Uh, do you remember me yes of course i do can i tell you the story um that's how we measure we measure it uh, for me anyway in the lives that are shaped Mm -hmm. um so, so, Jess, do you, do you remember that conversation that we had whenever you, you got in touch with me?
5: I do. I had to reach you on Twitter and I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, he's going to cringe so hard.
2: <laughs> no, not a bit of it. It was absolutely lovely to hear from you. But uh, do, you, do you remember anything of what you were talking about that night, just in terms of you know, your experiences in, in shared ed?
5: yeah of course as i say it really just it gave me a better outlook when i'm looking back i can see sort of the seeds that were planted because if i didn't have that opportunity when i was in those formative years i think it would have been quite a harsh jump to such a a mixed and diverse society in liverpool And I think without having the opportunities that we did have and also realizing that not everybody gets those opportunities, um, it was a real inspiration almost to say, right, we, we need to feed into that, we need to make those opportunities available.
2: And can can I just ask you, because you, you did uh, move over to Liverpool uh, to study, but you are coming back. I um, noticed the, the first news headline there was about Northern Ireland and students leaving. Um, having spent some time in England, do you think that there are any lessons that you've learned from shared education that could be brought into uh, any of a uh, controversial or contentious issues that you meet living in England?
5: I'm honestly not too sure to name it like a specific controversy but i think the principles that you learn within shared education as in that open-mindedness awareness respect that can be applied to almost every day life situation and so i think it's actually a a core fundamental thing that we should be doing for our pupils as i say i know it's quite unique to northern ireland and because the the rest of the UK and the mainland don't have such levels of segregation. Um, I understand that if you are choosing to go to a faith school then in the mainland then obviously that is your choice but I still think that it should be covered that you have the awareness of those other viewpoints so that you can be treating everybody with the respect.
1: And I think uh, shared education is a very valuable thing. It's it's still early days here in Northern Ireland. But, you know, I I would be aware that there is interest from abroad and particularly from areas where there are, where there has been conflict. And I know that we're being watched uh, very closely on how shared education will succeed and mend old ways and, you know, um, yeah, there,
2: there is, Paul. In, in fact, I was at yeah. a conference a few years ago, a Saturday conference in Northern Ireland, where there were speakers across from former Yugoslavia who mm-hmm. were looking at the model that we're using here in Northern Ireland and beginning to introduce that into their own school setting as well. And I know that there's mm-hmm. been some work done out in the Middle East exploring the model that we have in northern ireland and you know if you'll allow me a moment of pride in this wee country that i call home because mm-hmm. for most of my life i was very aware of my accent and it, it kind of stigmatized me who's coming from ireland i i am now hugely proud of it and i'm hugely proud of the journey that we've been on because of the difference in the change that's made for the lives of young people like Jess and the other peoples I work with. And to think that a country that has had the reputation of violence and negativity that Northern Ireland has had for so long is actually a beacon of hope and inspiration for other divided communities in other countries across the world is is something that I'm immensely proud to be a tiny little part of, um, of all the shared education partnerships in Northern Ireland that are doing that. And again, it's that, that message that we're sending out that Our history doesn't need to be our destiny. We do not need to be slaves of everything that's gone before. We can fully embrace our identity, fully embrace who we are, uh, but we can learn to respect and tolerate each other, even when we've been through the darkest and most challenging of experiences.
1: And isn't there something great about how, you know, in spite of, you know, its troubled history, Northern Ireland has always in a sense prioritized education even though for decades it was separate and produced uh, kind of great people who you know have confidence and enterprise and can head out into the world and, and really represent this country ver- very well and we do we do feel very proud. yeah. Um, I suppose really then just to kind of round up because we're nearly done in terms of time, Uh, And I think we've already answered this, but maybe a direct answer would be helpful. Does shared education then have a direct impact on, you know, raising results, achievement, attainment?
2: Yeah, well, well, Jess, why don't you come in and talk a little bit about your experience then with uh, the critical thinking class? Uh, and talk a little bit about how that prepared you for your experiences at university
1: oh yes we said we'd come back to that
5: yeah of course so critical thinking um it actually really taught us how to think and i know that sounds so silly because it sort of gives it away in the name of the subject but it taught us how to look at things from multiple different angles and it taught me the phrase correlation does not mean causation (laughs) and alistair i think i put that in about a at least two-thirds of my uni essays going on (laughs) like honestly it's things that i look at in today's life and when i'm looking at the the news coming from politicians and they're saying things i remember everything we were taught correlation doesn't mean causation Mm -hmm. and it's those key points and the key angles of the ways to assess things being able to cut out um, nonsense, get to the key point of what matters um, from critical thinking that was really helpful to bring towards university. But then, as I say, aside from the attainment and in the, in the educational value of it, it was that, that social development as well and I, I think that honestly is worth more.
2: I I couldn't agree more. I I, Long enough in the tooth in my education to have come around almost full circle now. Exam results are important. Of course they're important. They're the the key to opening the door for for young people. Uh, Unfortunately, our system can too quickly and too frequently focus in on exam results as being the only thing that's worthy of an education. It's all about those exam results. The pointed pressure on the pupils, the accountability for teachers. Uh, Yes, they're important, But once you've opened the door and they go through to the next stage, what has the education that the young people have experienced actually contributed for them? How have they been enabled to thrive once they go through? And I I suppose it just brings me, Paul, to a lot of reflection I had through COVID whenever exams were canceled and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden we had this freedom in the midst of all of the constraints of COVID. And also we realized just how vital schools are within communities. And I would certainly say that's a key part of shared education as well. one of the main pillars of it of how we connect with the community how we have that influence not just in the school building but to send that influence back out into the communities that these young people uh, are living in for them to be the inspiration to their parents and to the other people that are there as well so if you ask me how i measure success in shared education yes i hope that the experiences that the young people have will improve them in terms of their academic performance the exam results but I've got to be honest with you my vision is much much bigger than that I I Uh want to um, implant those seeds. I want to shape the trajectory and, and give the experiences and opportunities to those young people so that they can be the beacons of hope in, in their communities around them. And as they travel, whether they stay in Northern Ireland or like Jess and many other of our young people who go across the world and break down the stereotypes of this country beyond the negative headlines, that in itself is a tremendous outcome. And that's the the, the gift that I, I'm really trying to pass on to the pupils that that we try to wrap into shared education
1: oh fantastic and what a very positive bright note to end on so i'd like to thank jess jess your contribution was fantastic and we wish you all the best and alistair thank you very much for being a fabulous guest. Absolute so, pleasure. Go Paul, ahead. Thank you very yeah. much.
2: Oh No, just say it. Absolute pleasure. And uh, great, as always, to chat. Yes, I'll
1: catch up with you soon.
5: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, everybody. And bye.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.